Gymnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, aka, well, Sea Witch. <laughs> Perfect. We are having a wonderful time. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. It's it's a rough go here. It's the middle of the week. In the middle gym. of the week energy when we're recording this. <laughs> what is often said about the gym as someone who, again, I, I am a certified personal trainer, which is really funny. Now all this gym stuff is like things I actually Makes do. Makes sense. One of the hardest things is to actually show up at the gym. Because mm-hmm. once you're there, it's like, well, am I going to drive all, not work out and drive all the way home? Nah. Unlikely. That said, I have seen it before and it was one of the most entertaining <laughs> things. The lady was just like, no, nah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, yeah no, I'm just here to get a smoothie. Bye. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So today, though, we are going to actually go back in time. It's weird to say that because but it, realizing that our discussion is going to look back at some of the tables inside of the Dungeon Master's Guide and just see what we can come up. Mm-hmm. I know it comes up a lot. And I know that Dan Dillon is one of the biggest proponents of this idea is that the Dungeon Master's Guide has a lot in it and a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize are in it. We've touched oh, yeah. on certain aspects of it before, certainly about like the massive damage um, and the sanity and, 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 and. Um, so one of the things we're going to do is just grab random tables and see if they can help us um, and what we would do after rolling on those. So the other thing I will say is a huge shout out to Sly Flourish for doing all the legwork of creating a PDF document that will be linked in the show notes for every table that's currently in the Dungeon Master's Guide. This is great. I wish I've had this my whole life. <laughs> Me too, because I was like, oh. Oh, man, they're all over the place. I know. I grabbed my book. I was like, Neil, how how are we going to do this? I thought the same <laughs> thing because I was like trying to prep for the episode. I was like, oh, maybe I'll look them. <gasps> oh, oh, no. All the legwork is done for us. Yes. Okay. So looking at that, is there a table that speaks to you? Like it jumps off the page. Several highlighted. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I I, I just this is great. This is always such a great example of how much stuff is in the DMG and how weirdly organized it is that we just don't ever look at these things. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm already right now, obviously, Feywild Time Warp. Uh, speaks deeply to me as a table that is on this list. I also really like looking event-based villain actions is cool. I want to look at that. Adventure villains. That section seems really bomb. So I don't know. Do you want to look at some of the tables on like starting at 74? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So in this section, right, apparently on all these tables, we have other goals, adventure villains, adventure allies, adventure patrons, adventure introductions, adventure climax, event-based villain actions, event-based goals. These are all cool. Let's see if they deliver. This is the episode, I guess, where you're just flipping a lot of pages, I'm guessing. Dear listeners. <laughs> I'll add in extra page flips to really send it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so which one of the... I'm going to pick... Actually, on page 73, I'm going to pick Dungeon Goals. Ooh, okay. Dungeon Goals. I like that. So let, I'm going to roll a d20. You'll Let's say we both roll a d20, and then we see what we both get. I uh, Right now, my floor, I'm, uh, I'm in the midst of a big design project, listener, so my floor is just covered in um, books of all varieties, and it's, it's a minefield getting anywhere nice. at the moment. They're all open, and I have, you know, little red strings connecting them all. It'll, it'll be great. 
Okay, I've got my D20. I've arrived. Okay, I got five. Okay, so you have rolled find a particular item for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have rolled seven find information needed for a special purpose. Ooh, okay. I really, I really like this in particular because I feel like in fifth edition, not enough love has been given to dungeons uh, in mm -hmm. general. So I think this is a cool way to, like, why would you want to go into a dungeon? Yeah, I also, I really like the idea of the one I rolled, find a particular item for a specific purpose that automatically makes me think of like, what if your dungeon is, you know, a weird like underground cavern and a lost civilization and they had some cool magic tech or something like, and you need to go in and just like get a machine or an engine or like a gear uh, to plug in to make something else out in the rest of the world work. That's that's a very cool idea. Well, and, that, and then that works hand in hand with the one that I rolled because then it's like, what information is there? And yeah. the, you bring it up really well as like a lot of the fifth edition approach. And we'll, you know, and we'll say just probably from the, the Watsy things, it, because it's not like there's not a lot of dungeons out there. There okay. are. There are. Uh, a there staggering are. amount. But the approach almost feels like it gives like a Skyrim vibe sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a dungeon. We'll go through it and see yeah. what we find. Um, whereas, yeah, these having a very specific purpose of like, no, we've researched and this lost artifact with this information is in this mechanic mechanical temple over here. That's right. where it is. That's absolutely where you need to go. I don't know what you'll find when you get there, but like. Here's an actual direction and a reason yeah. to enter the dungeon. Yeah, I feel like we have obviously we have dungeons. It's part of the game. But I, I feel like nobody ever took the time to explain, especially to new players or coming to fifth edition, like why dungeons are an important part of the story or like why they should really be there. Other, It's just like you should go here. Here's a dungeon. Uh, and then you're like, Bleh. so this is really cool to see little tables like this that might actually inform you know, why do these dungeons exist? Why are they hiding these big artifacts? Or were they something before they were a dungeon, right? And that's why you need, they've now become a dungeon that hides the cog of the thing that used to be the city that used to be here, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Well, I think about the layers of it too. Like, I feel like it hasn't, you know, they haven't really honed in as much on the layers that happen. Mm -hmm. So I think of uh, the Louvre in Paris when I had gone. I did not go inside because I realized, one, it's very expensive. I did not have enough time to enjoy myself. So instead, I was like, oh, I'll go to the shopping mall beneath the Louvre. Ooh, cool. Come to find out, though, when they started to excavate to, to make the shopping mall, they actually found a Roman museum that was older than the one above. And so now it's like this really interesting mix of ancient Roman statues mm -hmm. and modern technology with the mall back yeah. and forth. Um, so but the so idea cool. that like those specific layers isn't like the first layer is dwarves. The secondary layer is elves because X, Y, Z reasons. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that history Oh, man, I have to uh, humble brag uh, about Cobalt Press. They have a, a mega dungeon called Scarlet Citadel that is like a 10 layer dungeon. And basically it's it's built on that. So each layer was built up with the history of nice. like why it's there. And like a boss on one level, you know, encouraged a certain group of creatures to inhabit up above. Right. Made them caves and stuff to make them at home to guard the lair below, which guards, you know, this thing like this energy source it was built on top of. So that kind of story. Um, so that's one good example of how you can really layer, I guess, because each dungeon is like its own, you know, bio system and, and community. So 
it's very cool when you can play with ideas like that in your campaign. Yeah, and then having run completely through the um, the Emerald Spire from Pathfinder as well, because it's basically like this whole thing. The spire goes is a through line for the whole dungeon, but it's like, well, okay, but then how did it originally show up? Once you get to the lowest level, you start to figure out like this ancient ancient history, and then as you know, but the earliest ones are just like ah, there's goblins, and then oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> cool, very cool. I like the pages we're on. So, I mean, if we wanted to, we could just jump over to villains. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love my villains for sure. Ooh, wow. Okay, this is interesting. So this adventure villains table, half of these are humanoids. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, here, let's go ahead and roll. See what we got. Got me a human. Humanoid schemer seeking to rule. I love those kind of stories. It's very classic fantasy to me. Okay. And I rolled an eight, so likely behind them <laughs> is a fae with a mysterious goal. Oh, yes. I, I love that kind of stuff because the humanoid schemer could absolutely like, how do they come to power? They make a deal with a fae. And why mm-hmm. is the fae doing that? Because they also are invested in, you know, destroying maybe the previous ruler or whoever it is that the human with a scheme can be absolutely a convenient stepping stone to the larger goal. Yeah. And then, you know, trying to layer layer these on, like the idea of how interesting would be the introduction of mechanical features to the Feywild. Yeah. And then what is it is there a true merging of like this biomechanical type thing? And then going uh, from there, could it oh, really yeah. just shake up and cause chaos in the Feywild by introducing a bunch of machines? Yeah, it's very cool. Okay, but we have allies. We need them. We so need we them. We need them to help fight our, our humanoid teaming up with a big face. So here we go. Adventure allies. Bum, 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 bum. Okay. All right. That's mine. A soldier. Rough and tumble soldier. Oh, what if it's like a clockwork soldier that they find in the city that's like, you can take this gear with you, but I have to come with you to protect yeah. it. It is my sworn duty. Um, the gear guardian. Yeah, the gear guardian. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I'm not going to help you. I think this is a good thing to get this out of here, but I'm here to make sure you don't bunk it up. Okay. I love that. And I say that they are have some divine power because I rolled a nine, which is cool. a celestial ally. Ooh, I feel like we're starting to creep towards, you know, the whole mechanist, like... Yeah. That plane where like the Madrons are and all that, you know, the plane of absolute law uh, that's usually associated with constructs and stuff. So that could be very cool. Yeah, which I think then starts to tell, you know, we're really starting to tell the story because is that celestial ally then opposed to the concept of that Fae introducing what is essentially law into chaos or chaos into law? Because um, if they, because the reverse could be true. What if that mysterious thing is, if I can f- figure out how to force mechanics into the Feywild, then why wouldn't I then be able to force the Feywild into the mm-hmm. mechanics? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think too. Like, I mean, the Feywild is such a chaotic place. I feel like so that interplay between you know the law, the construct, like machine has to work this way, and then the, just the buck wildness of the Fey, I think would be a really compelling story, how those two things interact uh, and what they want. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have yeah. a patron, and this is okay. a D20. Okay. Back to the D20. <laughs> mm, okay. I have 15. An old friend. 
who happens oh. to be a number one, a retired adventurer. Oh, there we go. That's easy. That's nice. That's nice. Um, perhaps this is even the adventurer who originally discovered the dungeon or knows something about like this lost city. Maybe even their group like went down there once upon a time and they didn't reach the far levels or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. It's always such an interesting concept, too, about adding that next piece of the dungeon doesn't have to be the next piece of the story. Right. Um, yeah. In the sense that, you know, you you're delved too deep and you do need to come back out. Do you need to resupply? Do you need to do X, Y, Z? And then you go off on another mm-hmm. adventure and now you're strong enough to take that next step into the dungeon. But yeah, a retired adventurer because were they the only one that survived? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that could even be a thing. Like if, if those all other adventurers, you know, if they just disappeared in that dungeon, they could still be there or maybe they've been transformed into undead you have to deal with or all kinds of fun stuff. The way it can, the past can come to bite, bite you in the butt. Yep. Well, or you think of um, what, I mean, this is way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Just to, like the premise of this entire episode. I was like, did you like, let's mess around with tables. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been more fun than I was expecting. Cause the other thing I thought was um, the big reveal that mm. the essence or personality or something like that of one of the adventures that had passed is inside the gear guardian. Oh, the ghost of the machine. Yeah. So then, yes. so then, the retired adventurer realizes and recognizes that this is someone that they had lost. Wow. Cool. Drama. I love that drama. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for the drama, the tragedy. So this is a fun. This next one is fun because I, I forgot that this was in here. And then we're going back to a D12. Okay. But there are 12 adventure introduction ideas. Ooh. I like it. Here we go. I'm going to roll. going to roll. All right. Ooh, I got um, six. A stranger approaches the characters in a tavern and urges them toward the adventure location. Mm. Ooh. And I got nine. An NPC the characters must obey orders them to go to the adventure location. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, we have that celestial ally as well as the Mm -hmm. retired adventurer from before. Uh, I mean, yeah. If like a celestial showed up in a tavern and was like, y'all. You must save the world. Yeah. And like even could put you under like a gay spell or something of that nature too to kick that off for sure. Also, also, I really like six because I think it does something that we don't necessarily do all the time. And I say that as a royal we um, wearing <laughs> wearing the crown myself um, that that. If your party is often having a discussion in a very public place that yes. other people would 1000% mm-hmm. be able to overhear. Oh, oh absolutely. So it's super to easy them. to have yeah. number six just be like, oh, sorry, where's you guys talking? Are you talking about the thing? And there's not, well, you got it. And, and have that person yeah. who's obviously had one to three too many come over and be the one that says, this is where you need to go. Yeah. And you can have that second layer to say, no. That is where you are going to go. I'm telling you that's where yeah. you're going now. You must. I am the king, the hidden king, and you have been bragging about the treasure you got for the last 20 minutes. You must go. Yep. You think you're hot stuff? Then <laughs> try out this dungeon. Oh, Get hang out on. Of here. I unplugged my headphones. Chaos. Chaos. Hang on. Got too excited. Pretending to be the NPC king. All right, I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. So I like that. So then we have the adventure climax. We have 12 options here as well. 
So far, I am liking our adventure. How does it do the thing? Tw 12 again. Like all the love for D12s in this book. <gasps> oh boy, here we go. Well, this plays in perfectly. Uh, number 10, a threat more powerful than the adventurers appears, destroys the main villain, and then turns its attention on the adventurers. This is our face showing up for sure. Okay, this is really okay. interesting because I rolled 12, which says the adventurers must discover the main villain's secret weakness <gasps> before they can hope to defeat oh, that's that so villain. Good. So that's ah, the twist is they figure twist. it out. The other thing shows up and is more powerful than uh -huh. both the villain and the characters. Yeah. So if you're dealing with a, like a bad, bad boy archfey or something, right? Like, and they just show up and you've already paved the way now. Maybe they get the gear. They get to do whatever they want to do. And then you have to figure out how to undo it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, failing and running is an interesting concept there. Mm -hmm. I think, like, you know, watching the, you know, watching Vox Machina and, yeah. like, oh, wow, these are real big dragons and we can't fight all these dragons, so we bye -bye. run away until yep. we can fight these dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like having a, a true archface show up and then take over that space, but the players knowing, well, there's nothing we can do right now about it. We're going to need to get more allies and resources before we could. Bam, and that's how you do a campaign. That's how you keep it going. <laughs> Done. Wow. Book two. <laughs> nice. That sounds like a fun adventure. Good luck fighting a time warpy archfey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh. So I feel like I feel like that's gotten us close. Let's. Yeah. Okay. Look at you. Look at the list from Sly Flourish, and I'll look. And we're gonna pull. We're gonna pull just some random ones. Random ones. Then, yeah. We'll yeah. roll off of those. Oh, I forgot they have all the ones to generate dungeons and stuff, too. All the random rooms. That's great. Oh, I'm excited. Ooh, dungeon creator. Okay, I'm ready. I found one. I don't know why okay. I would ever put this in my game, but I'm ready. You're ready? Okay. Let's do it. If you head over to page 140 in the Dungeon Master's Guide, um, well, there's two. So we'll just talk about both of them real quick. Um, there's two variant tables Ooh. here. One, mixing potions. Yeah. Two, Scroll mishaps. Fun. So let's roll us. Let's see what happens. What mishaps find. do we get? Do you want to roll up potions? Roll the scrolls. Yeah. Okay. Oh. oh well, that's not as fun. Yeah. Oh, and it's pretty pretty cash. I say yeah. the caster suffers a minor but bizarre effect related to the spell. Such effects only last as long as the original spell's duration. For example, a fireball might cause smoke to billow, billow from the caster's ears for, you know, 1d10 minutes. I mean, that's fun. That's fun. People love that kind of wild magic surge stuff. Yeah, mine is in the mid-range, and so I rolled an 18, so it says one potion loses its effect. Wow. So the interesting thing is the, the one in the 100, because one creates a magical explosion dealing 60... <laughs> oh Wow. 60 10 force damage to the mixer and 1d10 force damage to each creature within five feet. And nice. Nice. 100. Only one potion works, but its effects are permanent. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I love this. I also this. like that it's the, literally the next line is my favorite. Just choose the one that's the simplest to implement. Don't don't decide any other way. Which Comma, one do you think would be or easier? the one that seems the most fun? <laughs> so Perfect. that's excellent. Well done. Well done. Oh my god! Imagine if you did this with like a potion of gaseous form. Like you have to be a, a floating gas cloud. 
<laughs> the rest of your I life. thought about invisibility as well. Yeah. Yep, yep, the invisible man. Uh-oh, that's literally the plot of the invisible man, right? He drinks a thing and he's like, oh no, uh, oh no. Oil of ethereal-ness, you're just stuck in the ethereal plane. <sighs> in the ethereal plane forever, oh man. I feel like we don't have enough villains that this kind of stuff happens to because boy would I be mad um, if this happened to me and then I would absolutely oh, just yeah. haunt people. Why aren't ghosts like this? I accidentally drank a potion, got stuck in the ethereal plane and now I have no choice but to haunt you uh, for the rest of my uh, life. I'm so bored. <laughs> Amazing. Imagine you just watch the watch your main boss chug two potions and then just permanently go invisible. And you're like, well, That's just the end. I guess I'm not getting a raise. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh, boy. Okay. I just have to look. So there's a table on here that says moral quandaries. And I just want to know. I just want to know. 79. Page 79. Moral quandaries. Oh, wait. It's like so short. If you want to give the characters a crisis that no amount of spellcasting or swordplay can resolve, add a moral quandary. A moral quandary is a problem of conscience for which the adventurers must make a single choice, but never a simple one. There's only five on here. An ally quandary, friend quandary, honor quandary, rescue quandary, or respect quandary. I feel like that's not quite enough information to make that cool. That sounds fun. Do the one next to it. That looks like fun. Ooh, yeah. Framing events. You can base an entire adventure on a framing event. Uh, present several ideas. Ooh, okay. Ooh, these are fun. Let's see. Uh, D100. Oh, man. More, more dice. Ooh, I got a 93. A trial. That's good. That's classic. Which is funny because I got a 98, which <laughs> is a wedding. Or wedding anniversary. Uh, yes, a trial and a wedding. Both two legal events. Amazing. Perfect. At the same time. At the same time. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's like a forced, I mean, it could be like a Jerry Springer situation. We don't know. Like, you have to marry them. <gasps> That's the law. <laughs> like, you did something wrong. There you go. If Your anyone, moral quandary. A speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. And the person pops up and then a try and a whole trial. Oh my god. Oh god. Some of these are really great. Uh arrival of a circus. Nice. Um birthday of an important NPC. A fertility festival. Oh my. Uh a graduation of cadets or wizards. These are good. I forgot there's like there's a whole set of NPC tables as well. Oh yeah, okay. there's well, like traits and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll just we'll just agree that this was more fun than we thought it was, yes. and this is probably something we'll be doing. Maybe again. we'll do this so. again. There's plenty of tables. So it would seem. Okay. But if you enjoyed listening to us to talk about tables, table talking, then you can definitely head over to your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating and review because word on the street is that's super helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, of course, if you want to reach out to us directly, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, me personally at cconowich, Neil at Jote Moniac, and for everything else on the network, check out blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And a huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music, and you can find more about them at bombardcast.com. Rather than let these mental gains go to waste, Let's head to taking your supplements. Taking your supplements. Speaking of supplements, Celeste, is there anything that you've written lately that you've uh, <laughs> oh. sent out to a huge number of people? Oh, 
boy. Yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. Uh, so, hey, everybody, if you don't know, um, I am the senior game designer for Cobalt Press, which is a company that has uh, made a lot of fifth edition products. Uh, and we recently announced a very cool new thing called Project Black Flag, uh, which is basically a reworking and redesign of D&D fifth edition uh, with a goal to basically keep fifth edition in print and keep it awesome, um, especially as we're looking at, you know, one D&D coming out. So we have been rolling out playtests for that. Our very first playtest packet actually just dropped a couple days ago. So if you want to see what we're up to, uh, we just dropped a lineage and heritage packet that covers uh, some of the fundamentals of character creation. So we'd love for you to go and check it out, see what we're up to. Uh, if you can find that link on the Cobalt Press website, Project Black Flag Playtest Packet 1, you can download the uh, packet there. And then we also have a form where you can submit uh, playtest feedback. So we've only got a couple of weeks uh, for feedback. So make sure to go. And if you're interested, check it out. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we are definitely, we are getting a ton of feedback and a lot of positive responses. So we are, we are loving all, all the great ideas and such. So check it out. Definitely. And in the show notes, I'll link over to Ted from Nerd Immersion. Um, if digital or digital and YouTube are more your format, he does a, a really solid read through and breakdown oh, yeah. of it. Adds in his own opinions and flavors, certainly. But yeah, it's a great way to go that method if you're not um, not as interested in reading it word for word, which I did. And I I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. Heck yeah. Um, I also made my players do it because Yay. I'm like, guys. At the end of it, it doesn't, it only sort of matters what I, I mean, I guess I can force the hand of everyone at this table, but like, what do you guys think? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for feedback from some of my players before I give my own. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. Get involved. Definitely check that out. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, we want to implore you, the listener, to join us wherever you can find us. The forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else. And of course, take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforms.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?